Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the blessed opportunity you've given us to come into your house and to receive oh so many blessings. And now the blessed opportunity to get into your word. Help us now as we do this to understand it, apply it in the right way. Thank you oh so much for all of it. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. In Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, the blessednesses, the Lord telling the disciples, the listeners, the multitudes that had come to listen to him, some of the things that are going to be happening once they trust in the Lord, once they go on the pathway of righteousness, once they believe in Jesus Christ, the devil is going to bring his people upon them and try to persecute them, try to hurt them, try to discourage them, to turn them away from serving the Lord. And he tells this in the blessednesses or beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Notice, for righteousness' sake. If you're persecuted because you're doing something wrong or aggravating or that deserves to be persecuted for, that's not applying to this. These are those that are being persecuted because they're doing a righteous work. As it continues in verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Nothing new to be persecuted for being godly, as he clearly put it there. They persecuted the prophets, and they're going to persecute the Christians, and it's going to continue to increase. And when he was sending the disciples out, the apostles out, actually, the twelve that were chosen to go out and spread the gospel in chapter 10, he tells them and gives them some warning about what they're going to encounter then and in the future for them, and including us as Christians. In Matthew chapter 10, and pick it up in verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Giving us a warning of what we are going to encounter. There's going to be a lot of wolves out there. And now what does he tell us to do? Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Notice the harmless as doves. Wise, you've got to be very alert. You've got to be very cunning. But you've got to be very harmless as well. Not to be offensive. But beware of men. For they will deliver you up to the councils. And they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. This is awesome. When we have a close relationship with the Lord and listen to the influence and the guidance of the Holy Ghost, He can tell us what to say at the appropriate times to have an influence. Even in those moments of persecution, there are opportunities to reach even the people that are persecuting you. 
how you react to that persecution can make a difference in that person's life, whether they continue to be evil or to repent. Because we always got to remember about Paul. Paul, he was a Pharisee, but he was against Christ. He was against the Christians. He set out to hunt down Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem to be persecuted, some of them even killed. And on the road to Damascus to go seek down to hunt more Christians because they were being harder to find, the Lord saved him and he converted him. He became a born-again Christian. He became what we recognize as the greatest missionary of all time. So someone who was evil as Paul to become as great as a righteous man as he became shows that even in the midst of these horrible encounters with the persecutors, some of them might get saved. And if we listen and hear what the Holy Ghost tells us, to say in that moment, and in verse 20, For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. See, so we got to get our emotions out of the way, our personal feelings, how quickly we want to strike back in vengeance. I'm not supposed to do that. And a brother shall deliver up the brother to death when your own family members turn against you. We see this a lot in some of the other religions. When someone turns against that religion and becomes a Christian, the other believers of that other religion, that foreign religion, that false religion, hate the individual that is converted, even if it's a family member. We see this a lot in Islam. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Hated of all men for my name's sake. Notice once again, always bring it back there, for his name's sake, because you're a Christian, because you take on that name Christian, which means Christ-like, there are going to be people that hate you. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. Now this is specific instructions to the apostles when they were sent out to the various cities to deliver the message to the Israelites. But we can also learn from this as well. There are areas that we might be in that it's, not best, it's best that we leave because the persecution is so bad it might be best that we depart from that area. It could be a nation. It could be a neighborhood. It could be in a family setting as well. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Now this reference to the Son of Man be come is talking about his resurrection from the dead. It reads, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house bells above, how much more shall they call them of his household? Beelzebub, servant of Satan, basically, saying he was working for Satan. And we see this being done to the Christians today. There are politicians, there are so-called celebrities, there are news media, there are commentaries that say that Christians are terrorists, that they are the plague of the country. And that's happening here in the U.S. and it's on the increase. 
Fear them not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. The Lord is watching all this. He's seeing all this. There is going to be a day of accountability for all this. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Speaking of himself. We need the reverent fear as well as the fear of accountability to the Lord. And that's part of the problem that the world has is they do not fear the Lord. They are not fearing accountability. They don't believe in accountability. They don't believe the evidence of the worldwide flood, the accountability was, and judgment that was upon all the earth because of evil, because of the sin. You've got to wonder how bad it was prior to the flood. Because we look around in the world today and we see how horrible things have become, how evil things have become. The perversions, the hatred, the murders, the thieves. I mean, it's so bad now. It's increasing by the day. You wonder, how bad was it before the flood? Was it as bad as today? Or was it worse? But we've got to also remember that currently we are under what they call the dispensation of grace. A time period of grace. A time where the Lord is not swift to judgment as far as condemning and destroying those that are evil. He's giving them an opportunity. He's patiently awaiting for them to convert and come to Him before it's everlasting too late. So people should really appreciate that but also be aware that things are going to get worse. But know the Lord is looking after His, His believers, His children, as it says in verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess before, also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. There are people that are put in this position and this situation where if they do not deny Jesus Christ, that they will get their head cut off. And it's happening today. There are places in the world where people are being slaughtered for that very thing. They're being told, you deny Christ or we're going to cut your head off. There are people that deny Christ. But there are others that will not deny Christ and they do get their heads cut off. Incidents are happening. Every single day there are Christians being slaughtered. In the last days and in the teachings of the last days, as the Lord tells us over in Matthew chapter 24 where he's teaching the disciples about the last days, some of the things that have been going on, the hatreds and so forth toward the Christians, in Matthew chapter 24, the apostles were asking some questions about the last days. Well, let's pick it up in verse 1 so you can see how this flows together. 
And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Prophesied to them about the destruction of the temple that was there. And it happened, 70 A.D., it was destroyed, taken all the way down to the foundation plate. Currently, there's a Muslim mosque sitting on that very site. As it continues, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came upon unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. There's a lot of deceivers out there. There's a lot of people that have proclaimed a, a date when the Lord was going to come back. Can't do it. Nobody knows but the Lord. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. We sure hear a lot of that, don't we? See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We don't need to worry about all those wars and rumors of wars. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. We sure have seen all this, the wars and rumors of wars, the wars that are going on right now, all the mess and the famines and the pestilences and the earthquakes in divers, which means many different places. I mean, earthquakes even here in this local local area that you would have thought were unheard of, but now we see that they're happening. And the closer we get to the last days, the more this earth is, is decaying and, and the curse, effect of the curse in the entire universe, it's going to continue to diminish, to decline, and more and more earthquakes, more and more devastating climate effects around the world. That's sorry to say many people have misunderstood as a human source of climate change. Climate is changing because Jesus Christ is in control of everything and he is winding it down as he sees fit to the point where he's going to destroy it all. Nothing we can do about it. We can't make it any quicker. We can't make it any slower. So trust in the Lord. He's the one in control of all that. He's in control of the famines and the pestilences and the earthquakes. He's going to allow them to increase as the days go on. Verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Wait, verse 8. We can't miss verse 8. Because it says in verse 8, All these are the beginning of sorrows. So the things, things that we are seeing today are just the beginning. And when the actual last days, the very last days kick in, the things that are going to be increasing so much more, we're just getting a taste right now. It's going to be a flood of it later. Then shall they deliver you up to the be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. That's not very encouraging for many people. That's not something that you want to tell somebody when you're trying to convince them to become a Christian. Oh, come on, become a Christian because everybody's going to hate you and persecute you and want to kill you. Well, maybe I don't want to do that. But what does the Lord tell us? We're supposed to fear Him, not them. Because there's going to be a day of accountability. Verse 10. And then shall many be offended 
This being offended is like, oh, I don't want to be a Christian if I'm going to feel any persecution, if they're not going to accept me into the clique, if I'm not going to be popular in school or on my job, I don't want to be a Christian. So many of them will back off, not willing to devote their lives to the Lord. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. We've got to hang in there. We've got to hold on. We've got to trust in the Lord. We know He loves us. We know He cares for us. We know that He has told us that we need to be ready for those things that are in the last days. And over in John chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, these things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. We have the information. We know it's going to happen. So don't be surprised and offended. It's like, oh, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. If people are going to hate me for being a Christian. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't know the Lord. So they're going to persecute those that do know the Lord. They don't want to believe in accountability. They don't want to believe your testimony that there is a God that loves and cares for you because then they've got to admit that they've got to listen to that God and they've got to admit that there is accountability, that there is a standard for us to live by. They don't want that. They don't want any control over them. In Romans chapter 8, verse 36, As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And this is on the increase and will continue to increase. In Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 14 what are we supposed to do? This teaching comes from Paul, the one that was a scoundrel, that was hunting down Christians, wanting to kill them, but he got saved. And now he's teaching Christians how to behave in Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. To be blessing someone right in the midst of them hurting you is a real challenge. But that's when we need to get ourselves out of the way and let the Holy Ghost come forward and actually be able to do that. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. That's a hard thing to do sometimes. We are so quick to do that payback. Oh, you hit me, I'm going to hit you. Not supposed to do it. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. I really like that verse. Because it lets us know that there are people out there that we cannot live peaceably with. There are individuals that you cannot have peace with. There are complete nations that we will never have peace with. We've been told that in the prophecies, and we see that on display today. So recognize that, know that, back off from them, 
Pray for them. Lift them up. Give them to the Lord. But don't associate with them. Don't connect with them. Don't have anything whatsoever to do with them. If it be, be no, one more time. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Giving place unto the wrath means put it in its right place. You give that to the Lord. But rather give place unto the wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. You know, he's going to do a whole lot better job of that payback than you could ever imagine doing yourself. And he will do it. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The overcoming of evil with good. This attitude of submissiveness or meekness. We can be meek. He doesn't tell us to submit to those persecutors. He tells us to be meek concerning those. Meek is being powerful, but having it under control. We are told to be loving, to care for folks, to pray for them. But he's not telling us to just lay down, roll over, and let everybody walk on you and kill you. Because of what he told the disciples. In Luke chapter 22, some instruction given to them. It's interesting that Luke recorded this and the others didn't record this. But in Luke chapter 22, verse 36, then said he, of course, Jesus Christ to the disciples, then said he unto them, but now he that hath a purse, let him take it. Now this is talking about the Great Commission. When you're going out and preaching the gospel, and you're spreading the word of God around the world, even in the setting that you're in, in your circle of influence, be prepared. Have what you need to function in this world. Because that would be the purse. You need your money. You need to have a good financial situation. But now, he that hath a purse, let him take it. And likewise his script, all your supplies, have it. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Isn't that interesting? If you don't have a gun these days, you need to have one. In those days, it was a sword. They didn't have Colt and Smith and Wesson and Glock and so forth back then. Remington, but today they do. Read that again. But now he that hath a purse, let him take it. So, got to have a financial situation sorted out. And likewise, his script, all your supplies basically is what he's talking about. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So, we need to be prepared even with weaponry. We have situations where there's wars that have been stopped because the United States has been so militarily ready that 
the others were afraid to do anything against the United States because the United States was so strong militarily. Same thing should be with Christians. Christians should be so strong that no one wants to go up against them, whether it be in your ability to speak or in your ability to physically defend yourself. But notice, defend yourself. It isn't that he's telling his disciples here, let's get ready to go to war. We're going to go after some folks and kill them. No, this is for self-defense. He's setting them up and having them to be prepared for what might come their way. Because as he already told them, there's going to be people coming after you. There's going to be persecutions. You can defend yourself is what the Lord is teaching here. But there are people that don't have this attitude that just want to roll over and take all the abuse and not defend themselves. But you have a responsibility as a Christian to defend yourself and your family around you. So be prepared to do that. The most powerful of these swords is the Word of God. And we have that over in Ephesians chapter 6. When we can take on the right armament, we can have the kind of defenses that we need. If you're not a trained individual in physical defense, then you've got to have something else on your side in addition to that. We should all be physically fit and be able to handle ourselves in a fight, yes, and defend yourself and your family around you. But sometimes we're not in that situation. We either haven't had the training, we don't have the weaponry, or we don't have the ability, because we haven't been physically able to do so, then there's something else you can take on that's even more powerful than ourselves. That is the full armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, now this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, be strong in the Lord. See, not just strong in yourself so that you are physically able to defend yourself and your family, but be strong in the Lord. When you take on that, you're even more powerful. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God then ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, it's a whole lot more than just up against those people that are after you. This is the wiles of the devil. So you need more than weaponry, physical weaponry or physical ability to defend yourself. You need the armor of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It isn't just against those physical bodies that you are going up against. We've got to know it's way beyond that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This spiritual wickedness in high places, these are those that are the leaders of the world that are infiltrated with Satan, that are Satan's followers and worshipers and are in all of society. They are oppressing the Christians worldwide, and it will be on increase. We've got to know that they are indwelt with Satan. We've got to be able to defend ourselves against the wiles of the devil. 
How? By putting on the full armor of God. And he gets into some details here. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That shield of faith. Stronger than any physical shield you go out there and buy and put on. And take the helmet of salvation to protect that mind. The helmet of salvation, the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost. And the sword of the spirit. Now there's a sword that will go up against the devil and all of his followers. That's the real kind of weapon we need to arm ourselves with. What does he say it is? Which is the word of God. And you know the word of God. You can stand up in the face of the most horrible persecution and know even if you get killed, you're going to be with the Lord. You'll be at peace. You'll be calm. You won't be angry. You won't be hateful. You won't even be vengeful. You'll be at peace. Verse 18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pray for each other. Things are getting bad. Things are getting rough. Things are getting more and more hateful out there. Harder to deal with these people. Live peaceably as we can. Someone we can't live peaceably with. Be prepared. Be equipped. Physically, mentally, and most of all spiritually to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You for the armor that You can give us, that we can deflect those fiery darts, that we can stand up against any adversary with Your armor and with Your, armor and with your sword and, and fight that off and help all of us to be ready and willing to do what You have set before us to do. Give us all that boldness to stand right up in the face of all the persecutions and proclaim You as our Lord and Savior and spread the Gospel and, and to not take on the evil, but to overcome that evil with good. We thank you oh so much for all you allow us to do. And being and a part of your work is so awesome. We truly thank you for that. Lead, guide, direct us as we go out of here. Help us to always know that you're right there with us as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. If we would please stand by.